Welcome to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Well, hello and a big warm welcome to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro. Throughout the course of this series, we're going to get a load of really interesting guests in to talk about all sorts of things, of course, with a fishing bias. And I've got a superstar, an absolute legend of the world of angling with me today. He is an incredibly good friend of mine as well. Without further ado, let's welcome the absolute legend and superstar that is Simon Crow. Crowey, wow, <laughs> the band is back together. You've always been full of hype. <laughs> Since the first time I ever met you. Do you remember the days of the old bait company? Yes. When you used to go into a shop and go, hi, you want to buy this? <laughs> and, they, and they did. <laughs> Cash you all over. Hang on a second. Before we go any further, I'm supposed to be giving you stick yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Right I know. I haven't seen you for ages, though. So. No, it's, mate, it's lovely to see you. Yeah, you too, yeah. See so, you're, all, you're doing well in the world, mate. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, this is of a step up in it yeah, yeah it's lovely it's it's yeah. really good actually it's 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 quite interesting not being sponsored by one company but having the ability to be completely independent so yeah, which you know, is, it's a massive which shop is as well mate it's the first tackle shop i've been to in england where there's been a massive tank in the well the foyer area so and it's lovely as well impressive yeah impressive everybody see. likes that it's a, it's a day out you know it's it's almost yeah. an experience down here as well as just a shop yeah. but uh, a great yeah. big tv screen to put yourself on <laughs> hi welcome to my shop <laughs> you'll be on it in a couple of weeks <laughs> anyway look look the first thing we always ask is tell us about your fishing where are you fishing at the moment what you're doing how are you doing it how are you getting on um, straight after this, I'm going straight over to Reading to fish Long Lake, which is run by CWA Fisheries, Alan Cooper's Waters. And there's a fish in there called the Big Zip, which is it's just done £50 on a few weeks ago. And I'd love to catch that one. So that's my next target. But it is a bit of a trek from where I live in Yorkshire to down there. And I've also got Syndicate Waters up, up north and a few down in the Midlands as well. So a bit of everywhere, really. You do a fair few miles, don't you? You were at Hawk Lake last yeah. week. Was no, it no, no. That was, that was a few weeks ago, that was. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, that was such a great trip as well. Really, really wanted to fish that lake ever since I was a kid because you remember the old days yeah, of Cart World in the 80s. You used to read Cart World, see places like Hawk Lake written about all the time. Very you know, well well thought about Lake in those days. Absolutely. And always wanted to go there and it didn't let down didn't let me down. It was just beautiful. Well for anyone from the Midlands and the Northwest, you know, we had very few cart waters. And there were not that much known about a lot of cart waters as well. And in the Midlands Patzel was a place. Yeah. And sort of the Midlands Northwest then Hawk was another one, wasn't it? And so many decent anglers cut the teeth on places like yeah. Hawk. I remember really wanting to fish it and couldn't get into WEM anglers at the time, back in the day. It was really private, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's still just, quite ex exclusive now. Is it? Yeah. I'm Simon Crow. I can fish anywhere. <laughs> no, they, they, they messaged me and wanted a little bit of uh, promotion on it because they're trying yeah. to buy, build an otter fence at the minute. So right. they will, now's the time, if anybody wants to join that lake, yeah. it's now, now's the time to join it because they need extra funds to buy, pay for this otter fence. So. What's it like now then? What, you know, Talk about the fishing there. You, you, 26, you a it's, it's 26 acres, yeah. about a mile long, very, very yeah. long and thin, exactly as you remember from those old Cartwell articles and very, very old school, really big trees, 200 years old, very off the beaten track, not very commercial with the swims, just nice and uncomfortable, but really beautiful place yeah, to be, exactly. just out in the middle of nowhere. Winding the clock back 20 years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Well, look, I, I want to wind the clock back just a couple of months now to a very significant capture that you had recently and you've, you've released a film about it, but you've just caught the biggest common in the country, Butthead. Yeah. Now, what a creature that is for a start. What what yeah. an incredible fish. Yeah, yeah. Difficult one to catch as well, if I'm honest, Rob. 
not sort of you know bigging myself up or anything it is it is a tricky fish to catch it doesn't get caught very often it it goes missing for several yeah. months i think the first time it ever got caught out of girton was about 18 months after it got put in and it gets a bit of pressure that lake does a lot of people on there but you've got a thousand carp in 70 acres so singling out one carp from a thousand fish is not easy and there's plenty of times i sat on that lake thinking what am i doing because yeah. it's just full of these little 20 pounders and um that's snoring by the way is the dog that's down there it's, if, you, we've, if anybody can hear we've it. got another special guest who you will meet at some stage it's that not steve briggs we've not got him <laughs> sleeping steve if it was sleeping steve we'd hear that an awful lot more because steve doesn't snore that no this room would be rattling if it was briggs eh? <laughs> but yeah crow his crow his dogs in yeah. uh but you'll you'll meet her at some stage she's down there just uh Bo. yeah she's called Bo, mate yeah after Rainbow, but it, it wasn't. She wasn't named after Rainbow, but uh, one of my mates, Chris Felton, has got a dog, yeah. and she's called Bo, and she's named after Rainbow, as in Rainbow in France. But when we rescued her, she was actually called Bo, right. and you know, it's just that's how I refer to her. when people say to me, "What's her name?" I say, "Bo," as in Rainbow. Yeah, you know, yeah. but she was actually called Rain. Uh, she was called Bo when yeah, we got cool, her, not cool. Rainbow. Fair play, fair play. Yeah. Well, you'll meet her later on, but let's let's get back to Butthead, and you know, for me, this is a real standout capture. Yeah, and and I I think. Absolutely, you're in line for Carp Angler of the Year, not just for that capture, but some of the, the, the captures that you've had over the course of the 12 months. You can poo-poo it because you yeah, do. Yeah, Carp that, Angler of the Year things are, mean nothing. They don't. I always remember, the car, and this is cut, me being crowy, you know, crow, you know what I'm like, I say things as it is. There was one year I caught the biggest fish from seven different lakes, including 80s from two different waters. I caught 56 from Nash's Lake. I caught uh, uh, Kitch at 47. Yeah, yeah. I caught a 40 from... One of my northern syndicate wars, fish called Starburst. First ever 30 out of Naseby Water Park, Naseby Reservoir, I should say. Uh, Mid 30 from up in North Yorkshire. I had a brilliant year and I, biggest fish from eight different waters and I didn't win it then. Yeah. They gave it to a bloke who didn't catch the biggest fish from um, his lake, it's, which was Wellington Country Park. He caught a few 50s, but he didn't get the big one, which was in those days it was called the turtle. It's funny, isn't it, that? Let's, let's talk about subjective carp fishing. So this was something that I wanted to revisit later on, but as we've pressed the button on it now, let's get serious about this and we'll come back to Butthead in a minute. But, you know, carp fishing is very, very subjective and there's lots of people that judge other people's captures yeah. on, on what is and what isn't worth anything. Now, obviously the value in a fish should be primarily what it means to you trying to capture it, surely. Yeah, because it does, you know, yeah, how, yeah. How is it and why is it that people judge other people's captures? Because we're men, <laughs> men are men, aren't they? You know, it's. Uh, I think. I think with fishing, you, you can't. You can't prove that you're better than somebody else because there's an element of luck involved in it. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter whether you it's your nan, your, your wife, your sister, your daughter. You give her your rod. If you're on the world record lake, she's got a chance of catching. But if you give your nan Tiger Woods's golf clubs and put her on Augusta, she's got no chance of winning the Masters. And that's the difference between sport and fishing, because there's an element of luck in it. I always think you've got a lot of egos battling for who's the best when it doesn't exist. You know, well, it Terry isn't a level playing field, is it? No, no. Terry Ewan's got the best CV and he's definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, the role model for carp fishing. You know, he inspires me, inspires you, inspires everybody. That's Terry. He's just an amazing angler. But his CV is as good as plenty of other lads. But those other lads have not got the same image. Do you know what I mean? So they're not looked at in the same light of tellies. Yeah. Same can be said for music, can't it? There are yeah. very good, talented musicians that actually don't get any airtime because they're not part of the clique yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about that because I'm, I'm going to go back to Butthead now. You know, it's the biggest common in the country. It doesn't get caught a lot. 
let's look at other big commons. Let's use, just as a prime example, let's use the Burfield Common. Yeah. And there was a chat about, you know, common carp in the office before you came on. And what people think is the best fish in the country or what people think is the biggest fish in the country. You know, there's, there's a lot put around the Burfield Common. Is that because of the size of the water? Is it because of the people that fish for it? Is it because it's down south? Um, you know, what is it? Why? Is why it because Terry's caught it as well? It could be. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, that it gives it be. a label of, you know, specialness. If tells sort of put your stamp of approval on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it could well be, couldn't it? Yeah. I suppose, you know, that, but that for, for me, fishing is objective that to a degree, it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. You know, as long as you're not upsetting anybody, then just crack on and do your own fishing. Mm. But I, I think Burfield as a lake is definitely a much harder lake to fish than Girton because where I fish when I caught by from Girton, it's it's 70 acres, you can drive around it. Whereas yeah. obviously Burfield, there's lots of areas that are out of bounds. There's lots of rules and restrictions about what you can and you can't do. Yeah. So that in itself makes it very difficult. So anybody who's caught that fish, you know, massive respect to them. I think back in the days when, when Laney was on there, there wasn't as many rules as there are in place now. And yeah, obviously yeah. Simon Scott caught it <coughs> quite recently, but even on somewhere like that, that venue, there's a lot of controversy about where fish fish are caught from, whether they count or not. Yes. I know size on a bank where there's only three syndicate members can fish that area. Yeah, whereas yeah. where Greg Ellis caught it from, that's the you know the syndicate area where everybody else is a member of right and they're wanting to get on that bank where Sai is but they can't get down there and that's where the, the fish tend to hang out yeah, a lot see I didn't I didn't know the I don't know the ins and outs yeah. about it but it just so you know, even that's got a lot of controversy just, about well he caught it from there and he caught it from there that's anglers it's, it'll always exist and I, I think from the days when I worked at Carp Talk and I, and I lived down on a daily basis when when you're dealing with catches from around the country and around yeah. the world people ringing up saying why is my fish on page six it should be on the front cover and i honestly used to cause so many arguments it's, it's crazy isn't it yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. crazy you know go out and enjoy your fishing yeah that, that's the key thing butthead let's come back yeah. to that fish because yeah. i'm not going to let this one lie how did you catch butthead just talk us through the whole campaign i basically set my stalls in the middle area of the lake where the fish tended to get caught from the most Obviously, it being caught all around the lake, and it's one of those fish that didn't have a favourite area, but when you look at its captures, of which it's been about 10 times since it's been in Girton, the majority of them was in the central area of the lake. And in that area, you didn't tend to get a lot of the shoalfish. The shoalfish were all down towards the southern end of the lake. You'd often stand down there and you'd just see them rolling all the time and you cast out and you catch them. But the middle part of the lake was a little bit of a quieter area perfect area really for a big fish to sort of hang out because it's very deep down there it's 40 foot depth place where a big fish could get away from those younger carp you know it's a little bit like mm. us walking into yeah, a pub yeah. and you've seen all the 17 18 year olds all up like, yeah 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 and all that kind of thing you just want to go and sit in the corner and be by yourself and yes yeah. obviously but it's an older fish it's been around a long time and it's just looked the perfect area to, to sit but you would i, I knew from looking at the, the way that the lake was fishing that that's the kind of area where i wouldn't get many bites from and the swim that I'd decided to, to settle on was actually the same swim where it had been caught from its first ever capture from the lake. It's never done two captures from the same swim right. ever before until my capture of it. Yeah, it's yeah. done captures either side of swim 14. It's been in, been from peg 12, I think it has, and, and peg 16. 
but never twice from 14. But it, So it likes that area it, then? It's, it seems to favour that area. Yeah. That's, it's, is there a particular feature there it likes or what, no, what is just, it? No, there's, there's, there's nothing that it, I can, you can actually say it likes that area. It just It's just away from those shoal fish. It it's just lives a different life to those pack fish. Why don't um, you reckon they go there then? Well, they do, but they pass through it. Right, okay. They go through it because the shape of Girton's a very long 70 acres and they're always moving up and down. But yeah. this spring, the majority of those pack fish have been down in the southern bowl of, of the way. The, the lake's really split into two different sections, yeah. even though it's all joined. The southern, southern end, we call it the bowl because it, it's a it's a, like a rounded bowl area. And to get out of the bowl, they have to go up over a big bar and then get into the northern end of the lake. And whilst that bar's got about 10 foot on top of it in, in places it's still a significant feature on a lake that's very deep yeah and this this middle area though is a bit like no man's land and it looks the perfect area where a big fish mm. you get one bite from and it'd be a big fish and to give you an idea that particular area prior to me catching butted it only done two bites in about the last month right. and one had been a 41 common and one had been a 46 47 pound mirror which yeah. is the number three fish in the lake so, Sounds lovely straight away. Yeah, it? yeah, just an area that you, you'd escape those masses. But it is yeah. one of those areas where you would, I knew I wasn't going to catch much. Yeah. And which is on a lake like Goon, there are a lot of people on there, members on there who don't fish a great deal. So when they go fishing, they want to get bites. Yeah. And they are very, you know, I've had six or seven bites, they're chasing the fish, which is doing completely the opposite of what I wanted to do. And when I was on the lake, uh, I got friendly with a, light, a lad called Simon Tolly who had a similar sort of outlook to me as well. He wanted to just catch the big ones. He didn't want to catch the, the shoalfish. And he sort of was kind of togged in the same areas as I was, which is yeah. those deeper areas, get away from those those pack fish. And I'd set, I've been busy this year. I've been fishing, doing a lot of filming with, with Avid, fishing lots of different venues. So it's been hard focusing on one particular water because you're flitting here flitting there and you know what carp fishing is like if you want to target a fish you've got to be in you've tune to, with you've got to live it you've got to be there every day know where they are know where people are fishing know what the day-to-day -day movements are on the lake and i'd set a stall two three week period from the end of may towards the middle part of june when Avid had done no bookings with me we was not fishing anywhere else i'd said i want to target but i want to be after that big fish that's the time when it gets caught it doesn't tend to get caught outside of about the middle of may and down to about sort of middle of october it tends to get caught from about middle of may to, to middle of october yeah but normally being a deep, a deep lake normally about middle of june they'll start to spawn and then the lake gets closed for two or three weeks yeah so i knew i've got a two or three week period where i've got my best chance of catching it so i'd actually set a stall that's when I'm going on there. I'm not going to fish weekends. I'll just do five nights a week. It's only 35 minutes from my house as well. So I could nip home if I needed to. And the missus was happy with me doing it. And I'd started in that area. And I'd been there for four nights. Poss yeah, four nights. I'd not had a bleep. Not had a, a bite. I, I tell a lie, I did have a bleep, which was from a line trader that had been doing the rounds, going up and down. Yeah. And because I wasn't catching anything, I was moaning, you know, like I put something on social media, bloody line trailing, because you get them bleeps, you, you go, I'm in, you know, and middle of the night and it's a line trailer, it's not what you want. And um, not had anything, people were catching loads. And I remember I had to do one of these, what's called an Instagram takeover, which Abbott mm. have got me doing, where you have to do every few weeks, one of these live, hi, here I am, I'm fishing wherever, this is what I'm doing. 
And I'd already done one on Gurt earlier in the season, and I'd done that down in the lower end of the lake, in the southern end, for a few bites, you know, filming, takes yeah. going, and here I am, caught another 20 pounder. But I knew at that time of the year, when I saw my schedule, and they wanted me to do this Instagram takeover, I thought, it's, it's going to be a little bit different, this one. It's going to be about targeting butted. Yeah. And I'd already said right at the beginning of this Instagram takeover that I'm not going to catch a great deal when I'm here because I'm targeting a big fish. So I'll show you plenty of shots of the swim, talk about big fish hunting and what big fish are like and how they live their lives and tell you a little bit about, about what I'm doing. And I'd been doing it for almost, I don't know, about 14, 15 hours, something like that, and nothing had happened. And yeah. I've been filming the weather change and that's when I last remember doing one was like, the weather's changing now, the wind's hacking into the swim. It feels very, you know, it's like carpeting. Yeah, yeah. You've been around yeah. a long time, you've seen big fish getting caught on a regular basis, you know when the conditions are right. And there was something right about that evening. The wind was blowing towards me, the rain was blowing into the bivvy. I got about that much of the door open. I was just looking out, filming. And I said, this is perfect big fish conditions. And I then put the phone down and I had a cup of tea and some dinner and about quarter to six, I had a couple of bleeps. That's all it was, just a couple of bleeps. Yeah. The rain was hacking into the bivvy. And, you know, didn't even sort of want to get out the bivvy because I thought it was a line trailer again. And I got out the bivvy and I zipped the bivvy door back up, knowing that she's in there because I didn't want her wandering around and wandering off. And walked walked to the rod casually and I could see that the line was tight. And normally with a line trailer, the, the line would be pointing in a different direction to yeah. where the rig is. And the line was straight. I thought, oh, that's a fish that is. Yeah. And normally all your bites on Girton are these beep, beep, you know, yeah. like these flying 20 pounders that just roar off. And I lifted into the rod and it, that's a big fish. Yeah. Just knew straight away, that's a big fish. And you, you, you're waiting for that moment to arrive because you can play it in your mind. You've had a lot of big fish in your career. You know what that takes like and you're just getting this normal tap, 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 tap. Oh God, it's another one of them things. You know, there's another 20 pounder, out yeah. goes the rig again. But on this occasion, it was literally my god oh yeah this is a good <laughs> this is yeah, just yeah. going where it wants to go and i'd the, the fish started to swim towards me and i'd it was raining I'd, no one needed my chest waders wanted to get my head cam as well because i do these vlogs and i wanted to film it as well and it gave me the opportunity as it swam towards me very slowly to to walk back towards the bivvy so i put my hand inside the bivvy yeah. grabbed the head cam stuck it on my head grabbed the chest waders zip the door back up so she was locked in the bivvy. And reason being, because she, she wanders off and I'd just, yeah. you know, big fish to take, well, sometimes take a long time to get in. Didn't know where she'd end up on a big lake like that. And um, basically from that moment, it came towards me, slightly went to my right. And then the next 30 minutes, because that's how long it took me to get it in. Right. It literally just went and went and yeah. went and went and went and went to the left. Not quick. <sighs> Just very, very slow. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very zzzz, 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 You know, and it, and it yeah. just carried on going. And Girton's a big lake, it's 70 acres in size. The swims, even on a lake of 70 acres, if you've got somebody either side of you, it's, it's, they don't interfere with you because they're yeah. quite a distance away from you. And luckily on this day there was nobody fishing around me all the lads was fishing on the opposite bank and in the sort of runs area where you get lots of bites from and this area is known for being a slow bank 
and I'm so glad yeah. that everything just aligned perfectly for me because as soon as I'd hit into that fish to the moment when I eventually netted it, I, it, it, it'd taken 30 minutes and I'd landed it four swims down. Wow. I'd had to wade four swims yeah. down because of the amount of line it was taking. It was just going and going and going and going and, yeah. and, and I couldn't stop it. Just couldn't do anything with it, knowing it was a big fish. And I'd only that day, or the day before, I can't remember when, changed from using size four hooks to size six. Right. So yeah, I, I was, yeah. you got that, that- Bit more of a risk in You've got that little mind. negative in your mind that yeah. I've, I've just dropped down to a smaller hook here. And I know this is a big fish and I wish I hadn't changed. Yeah. You could give it a little bit more pressure, but on this occasion I couldn't do. And I was lucky that there was nobody in any of those swims further down because yeah. when I eventually caught it, as I say, it was four swims down, which is well over 150 meters away. Which is some distance. Yeah, there's a lot of risk involved in that as well. Set of chest waders, head cam, zipping door up, yeah, zipping door yeah, down, yeah. walking down a peg, carrying your landing net as well. Yeah. It's that, yeah, I've got to go and get it. Just yeah. want it in there. It's just no, they go on fish. too long. Yeah. Yeah. That one didn't go on too long. Not for me, it was amazing. Oh. I just, the, the whole buzz of the whole moment was just fantastic because uh, you're th sitting there. Because you've thinking, landed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sitting there thinking, I hope it's that one. I hope it's one of them. And there's two big fish in there, really. There's, I know there's about half a dozen forties and that, but there's yeah. there's two big fish you want. One's um, obviously butthead, which is a sixty mid sixty now. Yeah. You've got a fish in there called Tootie, which is mid fifty as yeah. well. And they're both commons. Yeah. They're the ones you want. Yeah. And I'd not caught either of them. And about ten minutes before I landed butthead, I got my first sighting of this fish, yeah. and it was probably 15 yards out and eventually I hit the surface and I got that glimpse, that little yeah. photographic glimpse that you see in your, in yeah. your mind of that big brown. That was definitely a common. Yeah. And, and there's plenty of times in my career when I've seen a fish, said it's a mirror and then you land it, it's a common. But on this occasion, that was yeah. definitely a common. Yeah. And I knew it was one of them from the way that it was fighting. And when I eventually got it in the net, I was, oh, which, which one is it? You know, is it, is it, is it, I, I kind of knew in my head yeah. that, it was butted because me because um Tootie's got a slightly damaged tail yeah it's bottom lobe slightly damaged and as it went over the net i got a sighting of its tail and i could see it was intact and i kind of knew which one it was and then when i saw it and drew it towards me in the net i've caught a few big fish from overseas yeah, yeah, yeah. in my career and i looked at it and i thought yeah that's that's big yeah that's that's not that's not Tootie. that's butted yeah and then it, it was last caught 61 so I, I was like, yeah, I've got a 60 pounder here from England. Yeah, so, uh, you know, UKPB, yeah. I was I was proper happy with a 60 pounder, you know, you've got one. And, um, and then when when I, I got in the net, the text then started coming through from the lads around the lake because the weather was, it was raining. You know what everybody's doing when it's raining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're it's looking out the keep... bivvy. They'd seen that I've been playing this fish for half an hour and yeah. a couple of the lads on the opposite bank had got binoculars out and were looking yeah. and I got to my phone, it was, which one is it? <laughs> they, yeah, 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 they, know, knew. they knew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I says it's spotted. And within, within no time, there was eight lads in the swim, seven or eight lads in the swim, weighing it, awesome. photographing it. You, the rule on the lake is you have to get someone to witness it and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. got it in the, in the sling. I didn't do anything. The lads just took over, which I'm yeah. glad they did because yeah. even though I've caught loads of big fish and I can handle them quite easily on my own, in that moment, yeah. it was nice having them lads there. Absolutely. And they weighed in at 64, no shadow of a doubt. Those half a dozen lads witnessed it, weighed it, yeah. and it went back okay, which is the most important thing after you've had yeah, your little absolutely. moment with them. Yeah, yeah. Now, that, well, that's an amazing story. Nice to share it with people as well. It sounds like a nice syndicate. 
Oh, it's a great syndicate. It's yeah, great, yeah. great syndicate. There's a lot of lads on there who are similar age to, to me. And uh, without being disrespectful to anybody, as you've progressed through your carpentry career, you definitely change from being a young lad to becoming middle-aged like we are. Yeah. And middle-aged guys, carpentry different to the younger generation. Yeah. And I've noticed this recently on, on Alan Cooper's Lakes, where he's on Roach Pit. Yeah. He's had a few hit a few problems on there and it's the, the 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 younger lads that's causing it because when you're younger you're very hungry you're very wanting to catch everything and you're kind of i don't want to say you're disrespectful but you you don't realize what other people yeah. are, you know that the people other people exist in, to a certain extent whereas when you get to middle age you're more respectful of everybody that's on the lake and the lads that are on girton are very much that middle age like everybody there's no fallouts yeah. and it's just a really good syndicate to be on yeah lovely it, well it's, it's an incredible capture you know for a start because it's an incredible fish but it's an incredible capture because of the circumstances around it you know painting the picture actually doing a live or a, a, a you know an instagram takeover yeah and catching it then it's almost like scripted it was mate honestly it's it weird incredible it's it? really weird really weird but things in your life sometimes do become scripted even though you you, you don't mean it to be but weird things happen. Yeah. You know, they do. You know, yeah. that day you walked in a tackle shop. <laughs> yeah. And there we go. You know, and there how we many are years today. later? 30 something yeah. years later. It's weird yeah, how things happen. How, how does Butthead rank in your captures of, of big fish? Is it, is it up there? I know it's a UK PB, but there's a difference between your biggest fish and your, yeah, and, and your best fish. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think sometimes people are blinded just by weight. Yeah. Uh, so, but how does it, how does it rank? Cause to me, it sounds an incredible capture, the circumstances yeah. around that capture for, for me, you know, big, big fish have different stories. Every, every one that you catch has a tail yeah. and there's been different challenges. Some of them are really easy to catch. Some of them are really hard to catch. Some of them you don't catch. Mm. You know, some of them you forget about as well. Yeah, and and then you realise how how much they mean to you. And whilst butted is a very much up there kind of fish because I wanted to catch it. It's a lovely looking fish. I heard Ollie Davis talking the other day on one of these podcasts saying it, to him it's one of the best looking carp in yeah. England, and it, and it is. It's just a stunning fish, even better on the bank yeah. than it is in photographs. And but with all of that said. I look at how much effort I put in to catch that nostril fish. Yeah. And that's the one that's to the one. me. Because it's Yorkshire, which is where I live. Yeah. And it'll take some beating yeah. that that fish will. Because because of the type of lake it was, how much effort I put in and what that fish meant to me at that time. It's not yeah. a big and forty three six it was. And I've caught Eric's common from Rainbow, I've caught eighty pounders from overseas and, and, yeah. and twice the size of that fish, but that nostril fish still to me ranks as my favorite ever carp yeah. in my career and spitfire pool yeah i was gonna say the amazing spitfire. one that, you, know, you know that would that would common is one of the most sought after fish in the country if, if you would yeah. say what's the favorite fish of most people a lot of them will either flip between burfield or wood yeah won't they it's Wood's one of those amazing guys oh, just a stunning it's an odd odd lake to fish because you, you see him but you just can't catch him and there's so much weed in there but uh, as a fish to look at when I first ever saw that fish, yeah. when Rich Wilby sent the pictures into Carp Talk, I was like, I want to catch that fish. Fell yeah, in love with it. Yeah. And, it and it is, without a doubt, probably my favourite looking carp, but the nostril fish still means more to me. You do have an incredible knack of catching what you want to catch. I've got to say that. Yeah. Whatever it is, whether it's nostril, whether it's butthead, whether it's wood, you know, whether it's the fish down in uh, the Long Lake at the moment, that you will catch, because it's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. You'll catch it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, I, I, I know we're mates and it's, it's, 
when you're talking about your mates, sometimes you seem to be blowing smoke up your mate's ass. But like, I have so much respect mm. for the dedication that you have in, in catching fish. Mm. You know, you just, you've motivated me to get off my backside in the past. You probably don't know this, mm. but I've been looking at your dedication, your, your captures, and it's actually got me up and out of my chair when I'm thinking, shall I go, shan't I go? And it's 100%, it, you've caught me fish just by doing what you do. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is like that. Though. That's how we all motivate each other. We all inspire each other. Yeah. You know, I, I go through Instagram, social media, Facebook, everything, the same as everybody else does. I see pictures of fish and go, oh, "Yeah, I want to catch that." Yeah. You know, and that's how. That's we talk about some of the nice things about modern day carp fishing. That's definitely one yeah. of them. Is that we all inspire one another. Yeah, absolutely. And long may that rain. That's yeah, the nice yeah. side of social media. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Well, we do. We all inspire. When I was a kid. I saw so many nice pictures of Redmere pool fish that inspired me to go fishing. Yeah. And I'm sure people that probably don't realise it, they went, well, by us all sharing our photographs in yeah. the way that we do, we all have an effect on lots of different people. I, yes. I was on the Orient a couple of years ago, the Orient, you know, in France, yeah, yeah. and there's probably two people on the whole lake. And uh, my mate from California rang me, which yes. is Christian Alderville was. He rang yeah. me and said, hey, Croy, um, got a really good friend who who's, who's wants to come see you on the Orient. Can you put him straight? I said, yeah, yeah, it's Adrian Smith out of Iron Maiden. <laughs> Fair play. And he's like, <laughs> and he turned around and he said, oh, yeah, I've watched your vlogs. And I was like, yeah, shit, yeah. Like, you're Adrian Smith. <laughs> yeah. I'm just crowing. Yeah. Do you remember David Seaman? And yeah, all? yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, that David Seaman. And, he, and he's like, he, insp he gets inspired by carp angling articles and Absolutely. magazines and stuff like that. And, you know, it's knowing that those people are in fishing, it's, it is yeah. amazing how we all in this modern day world communicate with one another and inspire each other in, in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, well, it's brilliant. And again, those photographs coming through every now and again, you see a take your breath away photo, I call them. Yeah. You know, because when your feed's full and you're just scrolling through shot after shot after shot and then suddenly one stops you and goes, bang, have a yeah. look at that. And you just think, wow. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the ones. And, yeah. and, and when you read the normally story they're, behind Normally they're... It's girls holding carp nowadays. <laughs> the ones with 10 million followers. Hi. Here's a cup of tea, 10 yeah. million followers. Here's a 90 pound carp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. bloke, I've fished all my whole life for this carp and he's got five likes for it. And some girl, yeah. I've caught this one. She's got 10 million. Yeah. But well, we've got a brilliant lady scene actually. There's a lot of very talented female carp anglers coming through too. Oh, so, I know there are, mate. I know. Yeah, that's so. not, hey, yeah. I know lots of good carp anglers who are lady anglers. In yeah. Germany, a couple of years ago, I was oh, fishing yeah. in Germany and I was on the phone to my missus. She goes to me, yeah, is there anyone, anyone else on the lake? I says, yeah. uh, there's only me and there's two women. Yeah. Two, two women on the lake. She said, what? I said, yeah, there's two women, both fishing either side of me. Yeah, yeah. I was on a lake yeah. on my own in Germany and there was girls fishing either side. Yeah. You know, and it's fantastic. Carp, it's just it's carp yeah. fishing now. I, I, th I think um, I think Europeans have taken female carp fishing quicker yeah. than 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 we have in the UK, but it's really growing over here now at the moment as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think there's always been lady carp anglers. Joan, you know, Briggs is yeah, of course. What a legend! Yeah, you know, yeah. she's first lady of carp fishing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, she's caught so many big fish. And she's done it for a long time, you know. Angie Lawley, lots of there's lots of lady anglers out there, you know. That, that's Mary Crouch from years ago, yeah. you know. There's loads of them that have been very, very successful, and it is it is good good to see. You're listening to the Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. So I, I just want to again talk to talk about your mindset because you are, without any shadow of a doubt, one of the most driven anglers that I know. When you want to fish, whatever it is, you'll catch it. So. You know, back in the day, if you wanted Mary, you would have caught it. You just chose not to. 
at the I time. Did, I, did, I did have a ticket yeah. for, for Raysbury. Was Mary in there then? Yeah, she was in there. Was yeah, she? I didn't think yeah. she was in there. I then, did then. 13 nights over three years. Right. So, yeah, yeah. She's playing at it, really. Yeah. But it's playing at it. It's that, 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 that drive and that dedication. I know when you caught the Nostal Priory fish as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the just talk through the capture of that because that was a huge fish for, for, for the Southerners. They might not yeah. know what the Nostal fish was, but yeah. up north, that was massive. In, where I live in Yorkshire, that, that fish is like the equivalent of. It's not the same. The black mirror. The black mirror. Yeah. It was it was that fish that people talked about, but yeah, I've seen it and but it's not in there anymore. It's been nicked. And if you go down there, you're gonna get your car smashed up, you're gonna get beaten up, and lots of rumours about the place. Yeah. Only handful of carp in twenty acres, days only fishing, and very shallow, very weedy, very old school type of carp lake, and a very difficult fish that had been around for a long time. So it needed a lot of effort to catch it. Because over two years, I don't know how many times I drove to that lake because I didn't do one night on there. Never, never even did a night. You could chance a night on there and there were people that did, but I never did. Yeah. Most, most because of where I lived at the time, which is 50 miles away from where the lake was and I needed to be in the office at Carp Talk. Yeah. Just my life in those days was a bit different. Nowadays, I might, you know, chance a night on somewhere yeah, where yeah. you shouldn't be. But back in those days, I didn't. But again, that fish, it was about looking... And its track track record is past capture capture data. Mm. What times of the day did it tend to get caught? Yeah. And being on the lake at those times, and oh, it's such an important thing for me. If I go to a lake, and the questions normally off anglers' lips are, oh, "What did you catch it on? What bait did you use? What rig did you use?" Yeah, exactly. my, my my first question always is, "What time did what you time catch it? Away, yeah. Where did you catch yeah. it from?" Because yeah. if you can, it's about probability. Creatures isn't it? of habit, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. It? pattern spotting. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's about it's about probability and putting the odds in your favor yeah. you, you haven't got there's, there's, there's no such thing as an example there's no such thing as a big fish bait but there are baits that will definitely give you a, a better chance of catching bigger fish yeah, yeah. and yeah. if you're using one of those and you're in the right swim or chewed up uh, casters and half a tiger nut yeah you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if, you, if, you, if you're in the right swim with the right bait yeah. on the right day at the right time of the year yeah it's, it's about it's, sort of combining them all. In a, in a similar way, like, you know, we, we obviously spent an awful lot of time growing up together, going through our carp fishing, uh, I won't say apprenticeship, but our early years carp fishing together. And we've sort of diverted into different areas. I sort of cover more of the competition side of things. You do a little bit more of the big fish angling side of things. Yeah. But ultimately, the, the, the- You do all sorts on telly. You do uh, <laughs> speedboat racing. <laughs> yeah. We always used to say that Rob would be perfect for being a newsreader. Hi, I'm Rob Hughes and here's the news. <laughs> <laughs> and look at me now. I'm presenting a podcast. Perfect. But, you know, ultimately what, what I do as a manager though is I'm trying to pattern spot. We know in competition- Yeah that everybody there can catch fish. It's not about catching fish. Just like you know that everybody on the lake can catch fish. It's a, for you, it's about catching a big fish. Mm. For me, it's about catching more fish faster and more efficiently than anyone else. Yeah. And that comes down to pattern spotting yeah. and, and that probability. So if you know that they feed in the day, don't fish it at night. Mm-hmm. If you're, I, you know, I've, I've, I've got a local syndicate down to me and I can only do overnighters on it because I'm too bloody busy all the time. Yeah. And all the fish come out in the daytime. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. I don't catch many. No. Doesn't no take your brain's yeah, yeah, yeah. does it? Yeah. No, no point targeting a fish if it only gets caught in the day. Yeah. If you you can only fish at night. Exactly. You know, it's it's you're just making things hard for yourself. Yeah. Precisely. I'm going to come back again to what you just said about Nostal. And I remember reading Briggsy's book. Remember when Briggsy used to go down to Cassian for Christmas, and he'd have six weeks yeah. down there, and you'd read, oh, I, I, I set up on the third point on the north. Had five days there with one bite, and then, and then it went really quiet and cold for six days, and then I moved to the west arm, mm-hmm. and after four days I caught a fish, and in 
on paper and in writing, that was three lines. Mm -hmm. In life, that was like 11 days. Yeah. You just said, oh yeah, well, where I lived, it was like 50 miles. Yeah. Now, 50 miles for a day-only session is quite a long way. Yeah. And not only were you doing days, but you were actually doing nights somewhere else there as well, weren't you? No, I, the first first year I was on there, I didn't. I, right. I, I was just stacking up the miles. It was the second year that I did that when I joined Eric's Willows. That was it. But just yeah. talk about that first year then. How often were you going over there? Because that's a 100-mile round trip. Yeah, sometimes I went twice a day as well, which is just ridiculous. I know people can't kind of understand that. And um, it's just when you become a little bit obsessed you know, and I, I think I'm obsessed with carp fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I did a, one of these typography things recently and they said to me, what is it about you and carp fishing? And back in our days, there was a book called Carp Fever, which was written by Kevin Maddox. Yeah. And I think both me and you in the early days of our fishing careers, we both had carp fever. Yeah. And it, it happens. You see now lads who have got jobs out of the trade, out of the industry, they're married, they've got kids, but all they want to do is five nights a week on the bank yeah. because they've got carp fever. Yeah, and yeah. I've, I've still got it now after all these years. It hasn't disappeared from me. Yeah. I still love catching fish. And it doesn't matter how big the fish are. I went to Central Park with my missus a couple of years ago and in New York and I caught eight, nine, ten pound carp. But I was so happy to catch them. Just... Just, just love fishing and catching fish. Yeah. There's fish everywhere, though, aren't yeah, there? You know, yeah. with, with, whatever the species, if you like fishing, because, you know, again, I'm carp, but I like doing other things as well. But wherever there's water, yeah. the chances are there's fish. Mm. And particularly with predators as well, where there's fish, there's bigger fish with teeth that want to eat them. So you're always going to yeah. find perch, pike, carp, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So Central Park, that's that's a really interesting place to fish, yeah. first and foremost. You know, how do you go about doing that? What did you do? It's a long way to go. Um, You're we doing were, a marathon there. At the we time, went there you? to do the marathon. Yeah, yeah. If I go back to that thing that you were talking about, Nostal. Oh, right. didn't we, we finish a Nostal thing? No, because oh, I said about going going to the lake a couple of times. Oh, that was it. Yeah, you did, like you're doing you're doing 50 miles there and back to Nostal. Yeah. You're doing it twice a day twice sometimes. A day, yeah. That's 200 miles in a day yeah. to watch and bait yeah. up. But that's that's what you need to do if you want to catch certain fish. And I'm not the only person in the trade that's like that. There's lots of people like that. Yeah. You know, I don't get on with Jim Shelley at all. I don't like him at all. He doesn't like me. Yeah. But fair play to Jim. He drives whatever it takes to catch the fish. Yeah. You know, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to have that tunnel vision. If you want to catch a fish, then, you know, you've, you've got to put that effort in. And there's lots of lads that are like that. And that's, they've got that addiction to fishing. That comes with a big sacrifice, though, to your life, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. when you when you look at, when you look at how much effort you've got to put in, yeah, but it, you, it's almost—I suppose—it's almost a job. Yeah, it is a job now for you. Yeah. when you when you were fishing for the nostal fish, it wasn't because you were working at Carp Talk. Yeah, but fishing is now fortunately your job. So as a result, you can have a life outside it. Yeah. But how do you balance life outside that sort of dedication? Um, you've got to find the right person to share your life with. I think mm. you know I've, I'm divorced and married, remarried again. Yeah, and. I'm lucky that the, the girl I've met now, she understands my life. Yeah. She understands that fishing is a part of me and it's never going to go away. Yeah. And she knows that they're the sort of things that I'll do, you know, crazy things. I'm, I remember fishing for a fish up by me. And this is the this is even worse than the nostril fish because there was a fish called Arnie, which is used to be the big one in Mountain Old Lake, yeah. which is run by Never Fifteen, the famous pike angler. And it was a 45 46 pound mirror and it was just outside my zone it was at the time when i was working at carp talk and i had a sort of limit of about an hour's drive from where i lived that i'd be targeting fish on an overnight basis but this one was just over an hour to get there and it was another weird fish a bit like butthead yeah. in that there was no pattern to its behavior at all and it'd go missing for months at a time 
and it tended to get caught in the middle of July right. rather than in the spring. You know, a lot of big fish tend yeah, to yeah. get caught in the spring or early part of winter. But this one wouldn't get caught in those times. It then it come out in the middle of the day in July. And I'd found its, it's track record and it was something like about the 20th of July, about one o'clock in the afternoon was the peak time to catch that fish looking at its, its previous catch data. But I obviously needed to be at Carp Talk in those days, yeah. in the day, which was a, a magazine which dealt with carp fishing catches. And it was a weekly magazine, so he was, was on deadlines all the time and it was quite a busy life. And fortunately, I had flexi time in the office at Carp Talk, so I could go to work first thing in the morning or last thing at night. The office was, all, was always open. But me being me, I was addicted to trying to put in the effort to catch that fish. So I'd do the overnighters, even though I knew I got no chance of catching yeah. Arnie during the night. I think in all the years that it, um, it, it's, it's ever been alive, Arnie, it's only ever been caught once in the night. All its captures are in the day. Yeah. And it's an old fish, really old fish. And um, by, I joined in, in April, and by the second week in July, I'd caught something like about 40-odd fish out the lake, but I'd not caught that fish. Yeah. And I caught most of the other 18 fish. I was thinking, go. Oh, this is mad. I've got to up my game here. So I would literally go to the lake in an evening after tea, get to the lake at about seven o'clock in the evening, do an overnighter, pull off at about six o'clock in the morning, drive home, which is about an hour's drive away, go for a run for about half an hour or so, yeah. then go home, get showered, go to the office, do about two or three hours of work in the office, drive back to the lake, sure. get the rods out for two hours, during that peak period of feeding time, which was like midday to about two o'clock. Yeah. Pack up, go back home, go back to the office, do a little bit more work, go home, restock, go back to the lake. And it's stupid, isn't it? It's yeah, stupid, yeah. it's crazy, but these are the sort of things that you need to do if you if you want to catch certain fish. That's it. You know, it's not all about luck and chucking them out and sometimes you've got to try and, you know, do something a little bit different put, you, put yourself in the best possible position you know yeah. and, and i suppose it comes down to priority doesn't it because people say i haven't got the time yeah and and not having the time is one of people's biggest complaints about why they they can't do something yeah but of course everybody's got exactly the same time you haven't got a second more or less than me this is it's exactly the same time it's priority you know you're going, going back to what we were talking about before why is it anglers knock other people's captures but the one that always makes me laugh is when terry's caught a fish and it goes up there and, it's, and you see these comments underneath it on Facebook. It's all right for him, he fishes all the time. I've got a full-time job. Mate, that's your choice. Yeah. That's your choice to do that. Terry chose to live that life. Terry chose to Terry chose to do what he does. And you don't get up in the morning and go, right, today I'm going to be Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah. You know, Ronnie O'Sullivan's potting balls all day long. Yeah. Or if you're Mo Farah, he's running all day long. You've got to put the effort in. I, I think with, with these sportsmen as well, and, and, and to a degree with anglers, what people see is the end result. Mm -hmm. They see the fact that you've caught this fish. What they don't see is the effort and the sacrifice yeah. that Ronnie O'Sullivan, when he was in his teens, for example, would have made not going out with his mates because mm -hmm. he's there with the queue all the time and he's spending six, seven, eight hours a day playing snooker. I mean, what a mm -hmm. boring thing to do. Yeah. Just permanently playing snooker all the time. You know, well, you're not even outside. No, when, when I was at school, there was a, a lad called Peter Baker who yeah. was a professional golfer. He ended up playing in the, the Ryder Cup team in the 90s. Yeah. And we had this great big playing field at school which had sand pits on it, the football pitches, everything. And every evening we'd all go down there as a gang of lads and we'd all be playing hide and seek and running around. And there was Peter Baker. 
in the sand pits, chipping, yeah. just on his own. Yeah. And we always go, what a knob, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah. he ended up playing the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, and he's made a living out of golf. And what, he was the most famous person from our school, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. But he put the effort in. And that's the thing about Terry, he puts the effort in. Yeah. Briggsy puts the effort in. You know, you, you're not- Well, you put the effort in. Yeah, lots of carp anglers do. But my point is when you see these lads on Facebook saying it's all right for him. No, it's just, life's a choice. Yeah. It's, it's about your life. If you want to do what Terry does, then do it. Don't knock him. Don't criticize anybody for catching fish mm. because we all, we all do what we do. Exactly. You know, we all choose to do it. And if you chose to be in, in a dead end job doing nothing because you've been snorting glue all your life, then that's your choice. Don't slag somebody else off who's not decided to do that. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Age is mellowing you. Is it? Yeah, you'd have been Why? a lot angrier when you were younger. The finger would have been out and you'd have been pointing. You, you, you're chilling a little my bit. Missus, my missus has chilled me out. Has <laughs> she? Yeah. yeah. yeah she changed me a hell of a lot. Yeah, but you used to be angry years ago. Do you remember having an argument with me once? We were both like Never. that. <laughs> in each other's face. You remember? What, Broadlands? There's a couple of times. Was... Raphael spit us at once in oh, the fishy boat, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was all about one. driving a Ferrari up a drive. <laughs> <laughs> so <Something> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, uh, well, let's go back to the day to get serious because, you know, we'll, let's, we'll have a little reminisce yeah um you know we used to do a lot of fishing together uh me and crowey we we started off in i think 1990 would have been yeah, when yeah. we met each other i was it? in a tackle shop working was behind it? the counter well just like at yeah. steve babs tackle and you walked in in a suit hi <laughs> i'm new to the area tell me where i can fish so, <laughs> and he got me a place on the syndicate which was cool yeah and you yeah, took me to was, france in, in return that was it that's that how was, i ended up going overseas first that was your you, first trip to france yeah wasn't it? yeah you took me to france for my first ever fishing trip Overseas, which was, which was to a place, Changer. Laval. Laval, yeah, Changer, Laval. Changer, yeah, Changer, yeah. yeah. And we got grip for night fishing. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. No, we never do anything wrong. We got, we got, we got grip for night fishing <laughs> and we got no chance of getting out of it. This is God's honest truth. No way was we ever going to get out of this because back in those days, if you was caught night fishing, it was a big, big problem. Yeah. And I remember you turning around to me and going, we're in really big <laughs> we're shit in the shit. We're in the shit <laughs> Half an hour later, all I could hear was Rob doing his French, oh, 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 laughing with the guard Depeche. An hour later, we've been invited back to the president of the angling club's house for dinner because Rob's <laughs> just talked his way out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was lucky that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, it Gift was, of the it gab. was good fun. Like, let's talk France then, because France has changed an awful lot now to what it used to be. You know, when, when we used to go over there, yeah. do you remember we did that report for Raphael actually? Didn't we? Where we went around some of the commercial venues, oh, yeah, yeah. having a look, yeah, yeah. and um, we there were very, very few commercial venues. You got Le Quy, you got Dream Lakes, you got Fisherbill. I think you'd got two or three others, weren't there? Yeah, there yeah. were there were one or two French ones, weren't there? And that was about it. Yeah, you know, and we used to go over there blue spotting. Yeah, yeah. Find it's a true. lake on a map, go and have a look at it, see if we can fish yeah. it. Did what? a few nights like that as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I can remember fishing a few lakes. Can't remember the names of the lakes with you. Do you remember the one by the railway track? There was oh, one. Mate, yeah. There was one by a railway track that we walked for hours and hours and hours. I remember being in Laval at Changer with you again, yeah. <laughs> and we were going every other bite. And you was in the next door swim to me, and I got up in the morning. And said, oh, "That's a quiet night." <laughs> well, I had seven. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, it wasn't for me. I had seven. <laughs> we were supposed to be going every other bite. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember that. I thought it was just in the hours of daylight because you know, like day and night. It's like, oh, we won't do. We don't we won't do every other in the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Uh, well, that, that we were doing that in South Africa as well, weren't we? That was yeah, that was yeah, that was we, that's we definitely had 
yeah. tear up about that one, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> mates being mates. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was good. But, like, you know, some of the adventures we've been on, I think the, the modern-day carp scene is very different. I see the... Uh, what's the old school carp group on social media? Are you part know. of that? No, there's, probably not. There's a load of old guys on this old carp group, and and 50% of it is lovely because it's reminiscing about the old times, mm. and the other 50% of it is a load of grumpy old farts complaining yeah. about now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no good because they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing the other. I mean, mm. what a load of complete and utter horse, yeah, isn't it? The, yeah. the best day is today. Every day is different to the day before yes. and nothing stands still you know nothing counts unless it's in your net simple as that you know whether you call it the drone or a net or a rod or whatever yeah. you know everybody knocks everybody in, in, on, on social media and it's this side of it i don't like at all what what do you what do you really like about the modern scene the availability um, of information without a doubt there's so much info out there yeah. you know we started the day ticket series in cart world because we could we didn't know where to go to fish that was mm. in 1993 didn't know where to go to fish. You opened carp world up and, and it was the Bible of carp fishing and there was 20 articles in there, but not one of them named where they were fishing. Yes. I can't tell you where I'm fishing. I'm not telling you anything about where I am, but look at how amazing I am as an angler. And well, that's, that's how it used to be. And then, it, then we started writing about where you can go and fish and we got knocked for it then. Yeah, did, well, I remember Jim Gibbonson called us the Kiss and Tell Twins. It's Ken Towney had the order and all. Do you, oh. remember, do you remember ringing him up once? Yeah, Ken yeah. Towney and having a go at you down the phone. All the youngsters listening yeah. to this won't know who these old two are, but yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. they were. you know, at, at the time we were, I suppose, the newcomers, almost like the Carl and Alex yeah. back in the day of, of, of two youngsters coming through and all the old school guys were a bit sort of, who were these two kids, yeah. weren't they? Well, Tim hyped us up a bit, didn't he, in Cartwald? He put like a logo or slogan or something that said, these guys are superstars. <laughs> yeah, and that got <laughs> a load of grief. Got a load of grief, so, yeah. But, uh, so, so grief in cart fishing is nothing new, is it? You know, no. it's gone on for a long time. And I think any anybody aspiring to do anything, just do it. Yeah, yeah. It's the best thing. Don't, you know, just oh, ignore. I, I love the modern day scene because you've got all these pictures of fish out there and you've got all this information. And I think information is just great. I love scrolling through social media, looking yeah. for fish catches. It's no different to scrolling a magazine. You know, it is harder than it was in the olden days because with Carp Talk especially, everything was in front of you. If you caught something of any merit, it was in Carp Talk. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, unless you're friends with them on Facebook or you follow them on Instagram, you've got no idea whether something's been caught. But you can find it if you want because yeah. people will talk. Yeah. So, you know, and there's a lot more outlet for information, isn't there? So yeah. if you want to find something out, you can find it out, Yeah. you know, yeah. somehow. In, in some way, shape or form. So what do you dislike about the modern scene then? Um, if you if you like the information, what do you dislike about it? Yeah, there's too many Busyness? anglers. I'm just, again, I'm, I'm sounding like an old, old man now. It's moaning about there being too many anglers when we've all helped create what we've got now. You know, it's I saw somebody turn around on, on social media and blame me and you for carp fishing being like it is today. <laughs> You it's know, definitely your fault. How, how can that be anybody's fault? It's everybody who's been involved in fishing, who's publicised any picture of a fish, or been involved in getting a bit of free bait, tackle from the local tackle shop. We've all helped it become what it is today. It's very, very busy, but I'm never going to knock that because I would never have this job that I've got now if, if the industry wasn't as busy as it is today. I think the other thing is there's choices. So, you know, if you don't want to fish a busy day ticket water, if you don't want to fish linear, you know what? Don't yeah. fish it. There's plenty of club lakes out there that have got really nice fishing and there's, there's loads of opportunities if you want to pioneer, pioneer. Mm. You know, so many people go to France now and I, I, I have to snigger a little bit because you see all these new pioneering trips where um, I think somebody was pioneering Pelagachivo a couple of years ago mm. and they've gone over to Bosnia and this is like, wow, we've gone to Bosnia. When were we in Bosnia? 
20, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I don't Cro know. Croatia. Fish Pelagicivo years ago with Briggs. Exactly. In that, match. that must yeah. have been 20 years ago. It was. Just after yeah, it first yeah. opened up, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the houses had all got bullet holes all over the walls yeah. from just after the war. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. when we went to Croatia as well? Same there. There were, you yeah, know, yeah. it was. Uh, there were all those lines where you can't go over that area because there's all landmines there. Yeah. So yeah. straight after the, the Bosnian War, wasn't it? I was, I, we, we, won't, we won't repeat it now, but I was telling the guys at the uh, in, in the last podcast about when we went, me, you and Rem went across the border. Oh, yeah. So, yeah that yeah. was quite fun. Don't blow the story, yeah. but just. Why? <laughs> yeah, because they're. they're, they're Seen it in the other one. Oh, right. So okay. it's already discussed. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I am. He's not. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've had a few real adventures. And I, I think that a, a lot of people now are starting to discover wider Europe. You know, there used to be a bit of a view that Johnny Foreigner didn't really know what he was doing and the English were the best anglers. But yeah. nothing can be further from the truth, can it? There's some incredibly good anglers overseas. Amazing anglers. Amazing you know, anglers. I saw Frank, Frank Schmidt, Schmidt the other day yeah. a 30 kilo. Another, no, when, when people label people the best big fish anglers in the world or the best big fish anglers in England. Yeah. They don't even know Frank no, Schmidt no, is. Because no. <laughs> that bloke, is, he could go any lake, Frank, and within a few days, he's had a big one. That's he's, it. he's an absolute machine. Yeah. Uh, but like you say, that, and, and this is one of the key points, in, in England, people are put into legendary status because they do a certain thing on a certain type of water. Mm. And they do that same thing in the same place all the time. Now, people, put, they, put, people are putting legendary status they, in carpentry now because the hairstyle. It's <laughs> getting right. You've got the right image and you fish for the right fish and you've got, got so many teeth. likes and yeah, it's, yeah. it's changed. Frank, nobody knows who Frank Fra is. But, but he's like, as an adaptable angler, it can do anywhere. it anywhere. Can't anywhere. It? Unbelievable. Put him on linear again, get catch a big in with yeah, yeah. 26 mil boilies on a big long hair, a long um, confidence rig like that. Oh, it'd be a noddy if you used that. Yeah, you yeah. Can't, you, you've, you've got to have a tight hair. Yeah. Let's let's talk about rigs. We're completely freestyling with this. I love it. It's yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant because that we we don't have an agenda. We're just going wherever. You are incredibly technical when it comes to rigs. You are a rig guru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've used one rig, more or less, now for 30 odd years, more than. You used to use the same rig. I did. The only thing I've changed about using that rig is from doing that underwater diving thing with you. Is it really? Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. I know we had an argument about that at the time. Because <laughs> that's how <laughs> we, we never broke argued. our. But it, it, uh, since you did that underwater diving thing, I always feather the cast. Yeah. I always hit the clip. And look how many fish you catch now. It's, it's, it's without a shadow of a doubt. It's, it's a, it, to me, rigs, you can be as complicated as you want to take it. It can it can be as simple as you want to take it. And I always look at it as if you get the so-called 10 best carp anglers in the world in this room now, and you ask all 10 of them to show us your rig, yeah. every, every, every single one is different, yeah. which tells you that yeah. rigs is all about confidence. It's There is no wonder rig out there. No matter how many times Ali goes, this is the best rig ever. Yeah. And he's great, Ali is. I love him to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But... There's no such thing as the best rig ever. It's it's about confidence, about having confidence in yeah. what you're doing. And I've got confidence in my rig and, and it catches wherever I go. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, there'll be details about what it is, either online or on Crowey's blog, or we'll stick it up somewhere. But you've heard that we argue a bit. You've just reminded me about that argument. This is a Simon Crow argument because we've got to give each other a little bit of flack at some stage here. This is a Simon this Crow will get argument. edited and it'll, it'll be me sitting here. He's super tight. <laughs> <laughs> How can I be tight when I've got nothing? I've got nothing. You've got about six houses. Everybody calls me, just I'm putting in here, everybody labels me tight and you tight and who's the tightest. 
you've got about six houses i've got one <laughs> i've got I, a car with a dent in it down there <laughs> <laughs> i've got i've got a list of questions from i put a live out this morning there's a list of questions i said if you've got any questions yeah who's fire the tightest, them in. and yeah, one yeah. of them was yeah. who's the tightest yeah, yeah, you? Yeah. so clearly you've answered that anyway <laughs> the the hughes and crow argument which is a regular occurrence we love each other like brothers that's what mates are about, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. You can, have, you can have fall out with mates, but I'll never fall out with you, ever. No, no, no. No, I never. No. Picture the scene. I can't even remember. Was it Stanick Lakes we went to? We did go feature? there one time, but which <laughs> argument's this? This is, this is, the, this is the underwater argument. No, no, that was that was in the Nem Valley, mate. That was that was one of... Um, we didn't do it at Stanick Lakes. It was just a water in the Nem Valley. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. we've, we've gone there for carpology. Yeah. We're doing a dive feature. Crow is cast out. There is no one else in the area and it's April. It's bloody cold. I've gone underwater and I've taken a picture and your rig's tangled, isn't it? Because you no, chucked didn't in. No, you This is a lawyer talking. Because you chucked in and you didn't, <laughs> you, didn't, you, you didn't, didn't feather not. it. You I didn't wish I filmed it. it. So anyway, the rig, I've come back up with the photographs, shown him and he's gone, that's not my rig. <laughs> it's like, it is your rig. It's not my rig. And you said that was from the rig. north. <laughs> yeah, but what happened was, what happened was, this is the God's honest truth. It was, right, cast out over there. Just cast. So I've cast. Do it again. So I've done it again. Do it again. So I've done it again. Do it again. So I did it again. And this went on and on and on. And then, stop. There's the picture. It's mega tangled. And it wasn't my first cast. It wasn't my first cast. And that was the point I was trying to make. And I, and I, and I did drill it in. But I, I'm going back to it. You definitely taught me about yeah. if you drill that cast in with a braided hook link, yeah. it will tangle. Yeah. It will tangle if yeah. you drill it in. But if you feather it or you hit the clip yeah. or you use a bag or a stringer, it's got less chance of tangling. It's, 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 so many times I see this. So uh, many times. Like Dennis McFetrick, actually. I was out with Dennis. And yeah. like Dennis has been around the track a long, long time. He's an exceptionally good angler as yeah. well, real thinking angler. Um, he was using a similar rig to yours, but he was using a pop-up yeah. and he got tubing on. Yeah. Cast in, drilled it in, tangled. Exactly the same sort of thing, wrapped yeah. up again. As soon as you get the clip, completely different ball game. But, so I, but I think, regular. I th yeah, I think, I think it's the, the the one thing you can take from it though is that carp are not that difficult to catch mm. when they're feeding, even if the rig is slightly tangled. Because there must yeah. be occasions when, for the amount of fish I've caught in my life, that a fish has picked up one of my rigs and it's been tangled. Oh, hugely. There, mu there must be, yeah, yeah. because. It, it, the probability side of things, you know, it, it does happen with, with braided hook links. If you cast them out and don't do anything with it, it will tangle or it's got a, a more of a chance of, of tangling, which I can't, I, I, very few times um, I, have I ever caught fish and it's come back where it's all tangled and, and the fish is attached to it. But there must be times when it untangles itself or it's it's tangled. I think it's fair to say it that you it catch so many fish that, what you're doing is absolutely right. That nothing, there's nothing that anybody can say yeah. that could catch you more fish because what you do is absolutely perfect. You know, you catch so many carp. Yeah. I don't catch many carp. I'm not Tom Maker. I don't want. I don't ever. But you want don't to, fish that venue. No, I don't. I don't ever go on a lake and want to be the, the top rod. Yeah, yeah. I, I go on a lake and I'd like to catch that fish. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's how I fish. I, I don't ever go anywhere now and and want to catch more than anybody else. I actually find it hard work. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I don't want to. I don't want to be woken up three or four times in the night by. I mean this in a bad way 10 yeah. 20 pounders yeah, yeah. If, if unless there's unless there's one 20 pounder in there yeah. and i want to catch that 20 pounder I, I go there to specifically nowadays catch certain fish i have these spells where i uh, if i don't fish because of work or i don't fish for carp because i'm diverted to another species for tv or whatever i think right i want to go and have a smash up mm. and i want to go carp fishing so i want to get a few bites 
Yeah. And I'll have the first one and think, yeah, that's great. I've got one. I'll have the second one and think, well, I'm rocking. I'll have the third one and think, this is it. And then mm. the fourth one goes and you think, Right off so it. I went to Fisherville a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And the first day was amazing. Yeah. But then after the first night, <laughs> the rods were being reeled in because yeah. it was just too many of exactly the same fish. Just yeah. a great water to go and catch fish. But I think the, the, the longer you've done carp fishing, the more you've got certain things that, that rock your boat, that keep, keep you going and things that you enjoy. And when I went to Girton, as an example, going back to when we were talking about Butthead, uh, on that lake, there's areas of the lake where you can catch carp one after another. Yeah. And there's lads down there, oh, I've had 26 fish today. Oh, what an amazing angler. Brilliant, you know, great. And there's times when I was on there and I'd not caught anything and they were walking around. How many have you had, Crow? And I'd go, yeah. none. <gasps> He's not caught anything. He's not had anything. You know, and, but you're and not trying to catch not, them. You're getting to, away from it. But with carp anglers being the way that they are, that c competitive element, the, the, there's definitely people that he's not had anything. Oh, I've had 20, you know, and yeah. that, that happens. But if you're specifically trying to target a fish, then, it, you know, it must every, be, everybody's different. And there are methods that you can, that, that are more orientated towards catching bigger fish yeah. than are getting bites. It's a real flip side, actually, going around the lake, walking around the lake, finding all the fish and then fishing away from them rather yeah. than on them because everything in our psyche in our blood as carp anglers as hunters yeah. is let's find the fish and fish for them but catching fish isn't any good if you're targeting a fish is it no 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 so, and on Girton there was a guy Andy Goldsborough been around carp fishing a hell of a long time Andy has and he was catching three four it was like Bart yeah, you know yeah. ridiculous all four rods are gone you know at the same time he's yeah. just a machine yeah he didn't catch butthead yeah I'm sure he wanted to yeah you know he caught couple of the other biggins out there yeah but i'm sure eventually he would have done through the probability of how many fish he was catching but for me andy was i don't know this andy you can tell me from wrong most of the time he was fishing on fish yeah, yeah. rather yeah. than fishing I, away from the fish you know Bart, bart's exactly the same good mate of mine i fish with him quite a lot as well and he likes getting bites and and i think <sighs> Mad, the, mate. the wading game yeah. it's good for catching fish but it's not necessarily good for catching the biggest fish you know yeah. you've got to be slightly different you've got to do something different you see that with Tom Tom Maker yeah. amazing angler all the time on linear how many years is he fishing at linear he's only now just started to get amongst the bigger fish yeah, yeah. no one competes with Tom on how many fish he catches on linear yeah. but there are lads and lasses on linear that have gone there and caught a hell of a lot less fish but some of the better the bigger yeah. ones he has caught a few biggins in recent years yeah. but originally when he was on there he was out fishing everybody but not yeah. getting the big ones and okay. there are two different things changing his targets changing his strategies you're listening to the outcast the podcast from outlaw pro the ultimate angling experience well there's another man i'd like to mention as well that uh, that absolutely deserves a mention he's a good mate of ours he's going to be coming on as well and that's steve briggs sleeping steve <laughs> why'd you call him sleeping steve i didn't call him he was called that <laughs> robert redoo called him because there was two steves on the lake it was Talking Steve, who yeah. used to talk a lot. I can't remember what his surname was. Yeah. And it was Sleeping Steve, because every time, every time I got to his privy, he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping Steve. I prefer eight Rob Briggsy. Eight Rob Briggsy, yeah. <laughs> These four are from my rods, and those four Jones. Well, how come that you're the one that keeps catching them? <laughs> <laughs> he's um he's a bit of a legend, old Briggsy, isn't he? We, you know, we've we've both had the pleasure of his company a few times. Bloke, yeah. So uh, yeah, do you get to fish with him much? No, no. Since I left Nash, politics in it now. You it, can't really do a, a a vlog together because he's from Nash, I'm avid, and and whatever. It's it's such a shame, isn't it? It's one of the things that I find very refreshing. I know I touched on it earlier, but it's quite refreshing now being in this seat because obviously. I can I can speak to a lot more people than than previously. Yeah, and I think you know when you, when you look at the likes of Spooner and Dovey, they're sort of opening up a little bit with Ali as well now, being in a different company too. Yeah. You know, it, it's how 
I've not been able to do the Calder and the Nash podcast because of politics, businesses and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. They've asked me to go on it, but... Yeah. How um, difficult do you find that? Um, it's part of the game. It's part of your job, isn't it? It's, part, it's how it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's no big deal. I'm doing this with you instead. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, we're completely independent. <laughs> yeah, Happy exactly. Days. You know, it's... So uh, let's... Uh, I've got to think about a few more because um, I've got questions. Briggsy questions. Yeah. I, I don't know. What are we going to do? Because... You said you wanted to talk about Briggsy, so that was opening you up for Briggsy, but... I did, I just bashed him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rod, Steve. All right, so we'll come, we'll come back and we'll continue on Legends then for the minute. So let's, let's, continue, on the, let's continue on the theme of Legends as well. Let's talk about two, two guys that, that we know or knew very, very well, and that's two absolute heroes for me. One is Tim Paisley and the other is Rod Hutchinson. And mm. I remember, um, firstly with Tim because Tim came into our lives earlier because of Cart World yeah. it was it, it was it was really weird talking to him because he was an absolute legend at the time wasn't he he still is to so, us to our generation Tim's definitely a legend you know uh, uh, the, the, the dedication he's like a Dick Walker of our era because Dick Walker made cart fishing happen yeah. in the 50s and 60s well 40s and 50s I suppose yeah, yeah. Tim sort of made cart fishing happen in our area with sort of the 80s and the 90s I think so and and almost sort of partially if not not quite fully but very wholly responsible for a huge growth in it oh, both with the carp yeah. society with with yeah. carp world with carp talk yeah. you know that man is is and I will use the word legend he is an absolute legend when it comes to carp fishing yeah so. There's a lot of a lot of people that misuse the word legend because that's social media nowadays. But to me, someone who's a legend is somebody who's changed something and made it had an impact on yeah. something. And both the names that you've just mentioned, Rod Hutchinson and Tim Paisley, have had a huge impact on carp fishing. Yeah, like Tim Rod in the '60s and '70s, Tim in the '80s and '90s. Yeah, and you know, obviously Rod's later than that as well that Rod was such a big name not just in England but overseas that he's he's still a legend now even though he's he's a few years gone yeah, yeah. you know and fishing with those those guys as I grew up and you know this mate he was like oh yeah I've had a phone call from Tim Paisley I've had a, a, a letter from Rod Hutchinson it was just amazing you know amazing people well I remember when when Rod first approached you and me and said would you like to come and, and work for Hutchinson back in the day that would be mid 90s wouldn't it late after 90s. 96 we won the World Cup Cup in 96 we were with Nashi then yeah, yeah. and then Rod approached us to see if you want to go and work for, for Rod yeah. I was just amazed that Rod Hutchinson knew who I was yeah yeah you know, he was that, like Man United you know Kevin was Nashi was a legend in them days as well and he still is yeah. for what, what he's done but then in those days you got a carp fishing consultancy with a bit of bait and, and, and tackle and that's what we got off, off Kevin because his brand was not as big as it is now mm. but Rod's was bigger and Rod offered us a bit of money to go and work for him and yeah. you know that changed our, our lives I'd, I'd just left university and sort of opened up my career to having a bit of sponsorship money from fishing and eventually going to work for Carp Talk part-time as well. So it sort of made me yeah. have a full-time job, really, within fishing back back in the 90s. Yeah. You know. A lot of people might not know that you're actually a qualified fishery scientist as well, aren't you? You've, yeah. you've got a master's degree yeah. in, in fishery science. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. So, I don't use it much, though, because so, I sort of... It's more to do with creating fisheries and creating habitat for sustainable life yeah, within yeah. those those venues rather than commercial fishing and you know my job now is more to do with commercial fishing is that something you found useful 
even if it's just for your own fishing? I, 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 I t- my, both my girls are at, at university now, and one one of them's just left. And I said to her, "Did you did you learn anything at uni?" She said, "No." And, and I thought, "Yeah, no, you did, but you just yeah. think you didn't." But I could say the same about my university life. Did it did it teach me much? Not really, but. It helped me get to where I am now because it, it taught me how to word process. It taught me how to life skills more than actual educational skills. So the educational side of fisheries, I don't really use much. So, it, you know, whereas in the fishing industry that we work in is completely different to the fisheries industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Being able to type and spell helps now, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it got us our, our, our places in, in the corruption industry because yeah. back in those days to get in magazines, you... You obviously have to make the editor's job a little bit easier. Yes. If you just wrote an article, he's then got to get somebody to typeset it and sort it all out. And both myself and you came from college backgrounds, university backgrounds. You could word process, which yeah. meant that you got a better chance of getting in the mag. And it's the same nowadays with video editing. Yeah, yeah. Now, back in the day, if you wanted to do a video to do with fishing, you had a cameraman, a soundman, an editor. But now you've got the likes of Carl and Alex who just walk in a room, put cameras everywhere, and yeah. the next minute there's a movie produced. So you've got to teach yourself how to do that. Yes. And I think that's the one thing I'd say to anybody, if you want to get in the fish industry now, then it isn't just about catching fish at all. It's, it's definitely changed. It's about getting yourself out there and being proactive. And, and, and anybody who's in the industry now, Ali is a super proactive guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one deserves- He's a machine. To, yeah, no one deserves to be where they are in the fishing industry more than Ali. Mm. Because you know, 20 years ago, he was an out and out punisher. And now <laughs> he's, and he's made, he's opened doors for himself yeah, though. Yeah, absolutely. He's totally opened doors for himself, mate. Yeah. He's got himself to where yeah. he is. And no one's gonna ever knock on your door and say, hi, you've been chosen to be the next Terry yeah, Hearn. Yeah. Yeah. It is about, yeah making it happen for yourself absolutely I, I liken fishing a little bit to the uh, to the music industry all the way through that you know if, if you look at back in the 70s yeah. bands were popular because they could play instruments and were actually really good at playing instruments and they developed a following and that would be the same with goat fishing that you actually could catch fish and then in the 90s there was the sort of beginning of the manufactured bands you know the take that's the things like that now later on it's it's much more of a commercial thing so it's not just enough that you can sing it isn't just enough that you can catch carp mm. you know you've got to be that full package you've got to be able to do the social media around the outside ideally you've got to build a following as well and you know i get loads of people saying how can i get into the industry i don't know if you get the same questions, yeah, yeah. But yeah. loads and loads of people all the time and it, it's not it's not necessarily for everyone. People think they want to be in it, but actually it's not necessarily for everyone. If you've got responsibilities, being in the fishing world is quite hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't- I think, I think primarily you, what you need from it is is that passion to do carp fishing. You really do. And, and, and it's not you're not going to get anywhere in the fishing industry without that. If you've not got that love for carp fishing, having like, you could have 10 million likes on Instagram or Facebook, but you're still not going to sell tackle if yeah, yeah. all you're doing is recycling the same picture every day and getting loads of likes and you're growing your following. It'll help you, but there's, yeah. there's got to be a little bit of substance there. And, and that substance is what what, what the, the companies pick up on, I think, more than you, anything. You say about a love for carp fishing. Like, you know, I, I love carp fishing. I am a carp angler. I, you know, I class myself as a carp angler. All the people that I deal with outside of carp angling all see me as a carp angler. But I don't carp angle as much because I, now through work, I have to do other things. You know, I'm not going to grumble that I have to go out and try yeah, and catch you, a few grayling. But, but, but you've, you've diversified. 
you know, you've, you, you've followed another passion, which is being in front of a camera. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you're just good at it, Rob. Yeah. You know, you are very good. Well, you. In, no, you are. You're very yeah. good at doing that. And uh, Hassan's the same. Yeah. He's very, very good. To, to be in front of a camera is a skill that isn't just a skill. It's something that's natural. And you've always had that natural ability to do that. So you've diversified yeah. in, into doing that. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I've diversified into just going fishing, well, which you, is like Briggsy does, really. It's like it's like carp, though. You've never really diversified from carp. You've flirted with one or two other fish now and again, but you yeah. you, you are an absolute out-and-out out hardcore carp angler. Yeah. Do you ever think, it. I'm fed up of this. Do you ever think, you know what, I could do with a rest? You know, outside of your carp angling life, you've got running. Mm. You spend a lot of time running. You look after yourself as well. You keep yourself very fit. Mm. Um, outside of my angling life i've got mountains and, and and car engines yeah so i think it's it's quite quite good to have that balance of something else yeah uh but yeah but me, 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 me passion for fishing doesn't doesn't ever disappear i get i get tired of it every now and again i'm starting to get towards the summer holidays now we're yeah. fil filming this in july i've gone on all day in a week's time with my missus so normally about now i i start to the fish get a little bit more lethargic they get harder yeah. to catch you do need to start recharging your batteries. You do start having to restock your gear and yeah. and change your approach to your fishing. So I do I do kind of not hit a lull now, but I hit a period where it does start to fade a little bit. Yeah. But within a couple of weeks' time, when I've been on holiday and I've been with the missus and yeah. done the family stuff, it'll be back to fully charged again, and we'll, all systems go again. And that, that's how I am. Do you fish much in the winter now? Because I know you've, yeah. you've got two key periods, haven't you? You've, there's a there's a, a get out and put 150% into it in spring through March through to end of June, early July. Mm. Then you've got your, like you say, your recharge period. And then you are absolutely bang at it. Until when? Do you do you keep I, going I, through after Christmas? I, I do, if I'm enjoying it. Yep. I did fish a lot this winter. Yep. Which we, I did. I've got to be honest, admit this. I found it hard this winter. Yeah. And and, I, and the reason why I found it hard was because of the dog. <laughs> as yep. much as I love her, she's absolutely beautiful. But the lake I was fishing, it wasn't very commercial. Right. In that it had pristine swims. It had an awful lot of mud around it. Yeah. An awful lot of puddles. And every single minute of the day, she wanted to go out there and then she was jumping on the bed chair and yeah. everything was just caked in mud. And when you're not catching anything and you've got all of that going, there's a bit of the old crowy going, yeah, yeah, yeah. going, you know, and I go home and the missus is, you had a nice time? No, I hated it, you know. She's driving me insane. There's mud everywhere and not catching anything. So you're putting in a lot of effort to get very little reward, which, which, even to someone as, as motivated and driven as me, it does, does get to you every now and again. How does your fishing change between winter and, and summer then? Do you still target big fish or do you just go fishing? This winter, I did try and target bigger fish. Yeah. But sometimes it'll be bites, sometimes it'll be big fish. Depends on what, yeah. what, what, depends what's, what's on what floating. Yeah, it depends on what's floating about yeah. at the time. Cool. You know, I, I chop and change things because uh, I'm an angler. So one day I'll be fishing for a 20 pounder, the next day I'll be fishing for 90s. Yeah. I, 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 if there's one thing that motivates me at the moment, I want to go back to Germany, to yeah, fish yeah. in Germany. And I can now, because yeah. all, all these rules and regulations have changed. And I'm going to be going very soon. But because I've got a dog again, yeah. it's- yeah. Makes it- you've got to, Yeah, you've got to pass it to the missus. You've just got to time it all right with, yeah. with, with her to, to make sure she can have her and, and what have you. You've sort of preempted my next question, really. We've, we've, we've spoken about the long lake and the fish that you're, you're, is your next UK target that I would expect you'll probably nail before the end of October. 
<laughs> you know, if you're if you're starting in September, we'll give you six oh, weeks. I started. I've been on there been on there the last few weeks so all right yeah but you're having yeah. your summer holiday i was on there last year and all yeah, yeah. just all right. don't fish it every day every week do you you, yeah. just, this, you go back to lakes you don't you know, nobody goes to lakes and you know oh, i'd buy that ticket for a few weeks catch the big and then go to the next one yeah, you yeah. buy lots of tickets and eventually things come together so germany that would be your ultimate overseas destination now yeah, at the minute yeah. yeah yeah is that because you're targeting a fish over there or just the amount of fish in the lake that you're fishing everything to yeah. do with it because the lake that i'm on is probably the best lake in germany yeah the people that certainly half of the lads that i know on there are absolutely just like you yeah, yeah. you know like really yeah. good for really good friends yeah. really when you when you're surrounded by good people it makes the fishing experience much more enjoyable the fish that are in there yeah. are special they're very very is there hard a 40 to catch. kilo in there now or is it 30, no 30, 30, 30, 30, 80 got 30, caught the other day yeah, 38 yeah, kilos frank caught yeah. it frank yes, Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> I, well interestingly <laughs> i was i was texting him yeah uh just we, we were having a conversation and he said i'm fishing now because he had one yeah uh i can't remember what it was it, i think it was a 32 kilo fish he just had yeah. a 70. he's like yeah how are you getting on just had a 70. yeah anyway we, we had a bit of an exchange and then the next day yeah he sent me the photograph yeah, of the yeah. two through yeah, and he Mr. just had P. a 37 37.9 was it somewhere like that yeah it's, it's about yeah. nearly 80 What's pounds that? 80 yeah, yeah. yeah it would be 80 yeah, wouldn't yeah. It? yeah. Just, it's, that's yeah. frank for you oh, i've had an 80 and a 60 overnight it's yeah. like have you he's caught it he's caught it a couple of times before he has yeah you know but he's a it's a very hard to catch fish and the fish that are in there are very very difficult to catch yeah and that makes it rewarding they look nice which again wow it's got that wow factor what, what is it about that lake because it used to have the german record in it anyway with, with mary and joe the two big commons i'm not going to give the name no, one was of the a mirror lake. joe was a mirror oh sorry yeah. yeah so but the the you know mary and joe the two great big fish they were yeah. german record for a long time anyway yeah what is it with that lake why does it keep producing big fish why do you think these lakes you know after the big fish is gone Mm-hmm. in Raysbury then it yeah. hasn't produced another big one after the Conningbrook fish went it hasn't produced another one when the Burfield fish goes yeah. you know yes there are other big fish coming through but they don't seem to surpass mm-hmm. those big ones whereas that lake in Germany it's, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal yeah, isn't it yeah it's just yeah. after Mary there was a fish which yeah. did 80 88 it? Mary, Mary got to 94 yep and after that, the doctor fish got to about mid eighties, yeah. and that died. I found that dead on my first trip there last yeah, year, remember. two years ago. Yeah. And and then now you've got Mister P coming through, which is you know it's an eighty now as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's commons in there to mid, well upper seventy as well. So. They're lovely those German fish as well. Yeah, I think the strains in there, yeah. the, the genetics are in there, the the number of anglers fishing in there because they they like their bait. The Germans do. Yeah. You, they often go to waters and 20, 30 kilos out at a time, and the fish just mop it up yeah. and. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a very rich water as well. It's just everything's just just right for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you've, you've fished over the world, all over the world. You know, Hungary, South Africa, America, all over the place. Where do you think is one of the best places that you've been to or the most exciting trip or, you know, biggest adventure? Yeah, got, got to South Africa. When we went there in 2000, yeah. I've, I've caught lots of lots and lots of big fish, bigger than the South African ones that we caught, but the whole trip was just amazing. Went to South Africa in February 2000. One of the first people to go with African Gold, which is a company that just set up running trips at the time. There was me, you, Briggsy, Glyn Leach, Xavier, yeah, Sandy Hoff. Sandy Hoff, yeah. And we just had a great, great time, great laugh. Just lads catching fish in a very, very hostile environment, yeah. which is right on the edge of the Kruger National Park. We had a leopard in the swim. There was crocs in the water. There was, 
hippos down the road. Do you remember the honey badger? Yeah, there was honey well. badgers, monkeys. Oh, mate. Yeah, that, uh, all I've sorts just, of things. I've just had Snakes. A, just had a flashback. We're, we're, Spiders, you got bit on your, yeah. on your batty, didn't I you? Got, <laughs> I got bitten on the arse by a spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't help it. Yeah. You're going to die. <laughs> so what's happened here? I'm not looking. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a, that was a weird one, that, actually, because it, like... You know, it was. I remember it was. It was black and red, and it had red knees and red ankles. Yeah. Black and red on a spider isn't good, is it? No. And I remember no. just thinking, "Is this it?" Yeah. And we come out, and you lot were just laughing. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. I know. <laughs> Do you remember that leopard though? That was yeah, yeah, waking us up. Yeah, that was amazing. It was so loud, wasn't it? Yeah. The, 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 the actual environment was so loud from the tree frogs. Yes. And it was so noisy, you couldn't hear anything. But our bivy was right next to the water's edge, and in the middle of the night. Both of us woke to this sound that was so loud. Yeah. It sounded like Briggsy drinking right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you know, and it just, what's that? that and then, oh, well, it was out. a honey badger did that as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, we, looked, we looked out the bivy and couldn't see anything. Yeah. yeah. And then the next morning, there was all those footprints the all around footprints. the bivy. Yeah. Crazy times. Yeah, with cubs as well, that was. Yeah, the yeah. Tracker came down. I remember the honey badger and hearing that yeah. outside. And literally, you know, the, the two of us are in a canvas tent, doubled up. It's like, great. What? Can you hear that? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> Do I know what it is? <laughs> so have a look. You have a look. I went and had a no. I, no, I went and had a look for the leopard. I did. Yeah, I'm on about the honey badger. It's yeah, like have yeah. a look, and then we both decided at the time the best thing to do was lie in the sleeping bag and yeah. just pretend we weren't there. Yeah. That was the, that was that one. But yeah, for the leopard. Yeah, but it had gone by then, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it gone. So yeah, yeah. Was, I looked out the bivy door with my head torch on, and it had gone. Yeah, yeah. So when yeah. Briggsy turns around and says that. Crowley doesn't like wild boar. <laughs> and you make things on the Nash Tackle podcast about me jumping up trees. You're scared of boar. <laughs> Discuss. Discuss? Yeah. Prove it. What? I'm scared Briggs of boar. Briggsy told me. No, Briggsy wrote a chapter in his book saying that I'd moved to swim from uh, Cassian because of the wild boar, which is true. Yeah. And then it's become I'm scared of boar. It's not. That's not the case at all. I'm well, not scared of wild boar at all. That's I absolute nonsense. that you were up a tree. There's no trees at Cassian to jump off. There's loads of trees at Cassian. Mm. Like that straight away. You look at the Cassian North Island. There's it's loads nonsense. of trees there. It's nonsense. Absolutely Is it? nonsense. So you're not scared of wild boar? No, not no. at all. I went to bloody Kurt's Lake because I'm feeding them. Of course you were. <laughs> I don't like what happened was, I'm going to get set the record straight now about this particular subject. I was on the North Arm. Uh, at Cassian and I was fishing in the trees yeah. and I under a, a brolly that had got no front on it whatsoever and in the middle of the night one was right in front of my face and it just yeah. kept me awake all night and it was doing me head and it wouldn't leave yeah. and I un unscrewed one of the bank sticks and was hitting it to go away and it wouldn't leave and in the end I just moved to swim and from that, I'm scared of wild boar. So you didn't run up a tree? No! And you went shouting, help! No! Steve then. <laughs> no, I went into Steve's swim and said, I'm it. leaving. That's what it yeah, was. You went into Steve's swim because yeah. you were too scared to be on your own <laughs> with the wild boar around. This is, this is what Briggsy told This me. is lads for you. Remember, Briggsy's coming in at some stage. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. And there'll be another version. It's all stirred up. <laughs> scared <laughs> of wild boar. What a load of nonsense. Look, we've, we've you wear, do you wear makeup? No. When you're fishing? No. But you yeah. tell everybody, I think. You did! Hey? You know you did! <laughs> when? Winterly Paul! When I caught you one day putting all makeup on Winterly your face. Paul. Winterly Paul! Makeup. Yeah, yeah, I moisturiser all over his face. Chapstick on my lips, maybe. Uh, it was your mum's so. eyeliner or something. I can't remember exactly what it was you were doing. You're putting something on your face. And I said, what are you doing? So it just makes me look nice in front of the pictures. 
<laughs> yes. And on the back of that, I'm scared of wild boar. Absolutely. I'll get you back. I'll get you back. Look, we, we've done over an hour. Yeah. It's been fantastic having you in. However, before you disappear, I've got a couple of readers' questions that have uh, have sent them in. I'm just going to have to have a quick look at them. Forgive me. You've got for glasses on, bro. I can't I'm believe that. Oh, yeah. Lee Emery. Lee Emery. Got a couple of readers' questions. Lee Emery, are we going to make... Readers' questions. Readers', yeah. viewers', viewers questions. Yeah. We'll start the whole thing again. Yeah. Right, before we disappear, yeah. I've had a few viewers' questions in. Question number one, are we going to get the band back together and make a film somewhere? And if we, so, where should we do it? We've talked about this loads of times. Yes. Whenever we meet up, I live in the north now, you live right down south, we don't see each other very often at all other than it shows yeah and we've always said we're going to do it but we never have because I mean Briggs you talk about this regularly says did you get invited to go on Rob's TV show no did he tell you <laughs> you were definitely going to put you on a TV show <laughs> yes but does it happen no why because you don't pay him enough <laughs> that's why because <laughs> he really? always has a show that's sponsored really <laughs> so look where are we going to go um, where should we go where do we think I don't know where we should go know. to a day ticket and re either revisit oh, no. day tickets. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to a day ticket. Well, I'm an old man now. All right, we'll go to a rock hard venue and sit in blank for yeah, three that's, days. That's then. much better. I'd rather do that. I'd rather do right. that, definitely. So we'll make a we'll make a promise now before the end of the year is out, we yeah. will go out and we'll make some sort of a film somewhere. I'd love to, mate. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. It'd be great to do it. Yeah. Oh, so we should come to this the Outlaw Pro Lake. That'll do it. That's yeah, the yeah. Venue. Yeah. Yeah, had yeah. a nice night there last night. I know you did. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Get, better get that one in. As soon as I saw that picture, I was like, yeah, get us, get us on there. <laughs> I'll make this stunning in there as yeah. well. Yeah, it's crystal clear. Um, Three-ish, four acres maybe. Looks lovely, um, mate. So that, that's yeah. the venue. I'll come down here, mate, and have All a right. go on there with you. Definitely. Same. Is we'll, that, is, we'll have a go. Will she be allowed? Oh, she'll be allowed. Dog's in. Yeah. Here's she? the dog. Right. We've had another question in. Someone wants to know, would we be up for doing a Mozza versus... What's that? Me versus Mozza or you versus Mozza? Me and you versus Mozza. You know the uh, old Mozza versus... It's not at Grenville's. God, I did that thing at Grenville's last year on the DNA thing with Mozza and... Um, there was me, Ting Tong, Mozza and Bart. Yeah, yeah. How does me and Ting Tong catch two? <laughs> How does they catch? <laughs> About 86 or something. Big fish anglers. Bites and big fish anglers. Well, we were in the area, me and Tom were, to try and catch one of the biggins out yeah, there. Yeah. But those yeah. two just annihilated it. Yeah, they just yeah. four, rod, four rods going at the same time. And it's like, it's chaos. So we'll take it as a no then. We're not going to do a Mozza versus. I don't want to do one of them I anymore. reckon you should. It, we could do. I don't want to fish for bites anymore. You'd, you'd have to shave and have a chin strap. Yeah. Like Mozza, get the old beard down. And I don't want to do that. What if we do that? Fire in the frontier. <laughs> <laughs> it's class, though. That was Absolutely brilliant, man. Class. I loved it. I loved it. I thought he was brilliant. But I, I just, I, I saw. Oh, a, do you know? I thought the best was Leon. Leon were great in it. Yeah, I love that. Turning up, bro. Yeah. yeah, people take themselves too seriously, they do. don't they? A lot of the time, you know, there was people saying, "Oh, what's that got to do with carfish?" You know what? It's lads having a laugh. Yeah, that is what carfish. Mozza's is all about, talented. Surely. That was really, really good. What he Mate. did. Really good, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's to me. I, I don't think there's enough people in Carpentry who do anything light-hearted. You know, I know there's there's these trolls. They're not funny though. They're just morons. Those people are. But there's yeah. there's a lot of people who are in the industry who are very light-hearted. There's a lot of banter that goes on, and seeing that 
video to me was just what carpentry needs because it does need a lot more humour and that kind of thing in it. Look, it's such a broad church, mm. isn't it? Uh, fishing generally, but carp fishing in particular, it's such a broad church. If you want to fish for doubles, fish for doubles. If you want to go out and sit and just catch one fish, then sit and catch one fish. If you want to socialise with your mates, do it. You know, don't judge other people by what your standards are. Just enjoy your fishing. That's the key yeah. thing. And, and just bringing some fun in. Like I, I like some of Moss's films as well. You know, the the just the excitement, the speed in them. It's completely different. Well, that one he did at Rainbow a couple of years ago where he was doing his dancing. <laughs> <laughs> there were stories. I don't think he did a film. He did his, his, his Instagram stories. Yeah, yeah. I think was it. Yeah. He is on a, he is on a different wavelength yeah, to everyone yeah. else. That's good. So I'm, long I'm, way that rain. I'm an old bloke, so yeah. you get miserable. But when I go through my my feeds and I see Mozza doing that it makes me smile yeah, and yeah. that's what I want in the morning fair play let's look at the other end of the spectrum you mentioned trolls there do you get much trolling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what's the what's the score well, he's just crapping he? by the looks of it he, just, <laughs> he can't catch a fish yeah. so he goes around destroying everybody uh, I th there does that is bad. nowadays I, a lot of it just goes over me over my head yeah, but yeah. I've still got that in me every now and again I do buy it it's yeah, just yeah. I mean, I'm like a Drayton carp and I'm easy. Yeah, I, I'm I, an easy target. I, I think that, you know, that you, you see it a fair bit that a lot of trolls come on there. If you if you have a look at who they are and how many fish they've caught, they don't actually go fishing. A lot of them are stimulated by a lot of the old school, though. Mm. You know, stimulated by a lot of the old school, keep it real lot. The, yeah, the yeah. ones that, I'm not going to name the names, but they, they don't fish for wrong ones, but they do. Yeah, yeah. And they just, they're, they're no publicity, but they are. Mm. You know, and those kind of people, to yeah. me, are just a drain on, on carp fishing. Because, to me, their ego is that big that all they want to do is knock other people. Yeah. I'm knocking them now, but, yeah. you know. It's crackers, really. Is that you, by the way, or is that the dog? That might be her. Oh, blimey. Yeah. It's I, a good I, job you can't smell anything, because I think the dog might have just left us a present. Yeah. What, what's what's worse, I think, is... is with, with whatever. At least you know who it is. Yeah. Sorry, what, what's, what's half decent about is at least you know it's him doing it it's the ones that do it behind a different name yeah, yeah. and hide behind it a lot of just humour a lot of the time which yeah. he, he banters about me and you and I do laugh a lot of the stuff I think, well, I, I think he's incredibly intelligent yeah. so you know it, it, yeah. it just seems a shame that you've got somebody with a lot of intelligence that puts it into the wrong channel yeah. so, but, some of his stuff's funny yeah. it is yeah, yeah. it is even about me and you I laugh about it yeah. I, I haven't seen any of it yeah, so, yeah, he often has a go at you. Oh, does he? Yeah, oh, yeah more than me. <laughs> but, but, I, I, a lot of it's, it goes goes. Uh, I don't. What I don't like about it is the old generation doing yeah, it, yeah. winding them all up with yeah, with yeah. stuff. Oh, he's fishing. It's a wrong one. Yeah, yeah, but they're half them fishing for for fish that are wrong ones. But they don't. They don't like saying that. You know, well, uh, why is it wrong and what's right? And I, I think you a know. lot of people are fishing for wrong ones, thinking they're fishing for right ones because they don't know. Yeah, well, one of the people that winds up yeah. was a member of Mary's. Where right. that big sixty-pound leather was with barbels as long as your legs, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's it yeah. right next to the river. Then it was almost certainly yeah, one of those yeah. ringstead escapees. Yeah, almost yeah. certainly, I don't care what anybody says, it has to be one of those old end fish. Yeah, and how it's been, it's been around since it was a tiny fish. But the, the smallest picture of it you can see is a fifty-pounder. I, I think the, the the problem is a lot of people don't look into the history. Yeah, enough. They, they preach that they know about the history, but they actually don't look into it. Yeah. I remember sitting down with, um, with, with Kev Clifford as a prime example, you know, mm. and, and, and Kev did a lot of stocking in the venues, uh, certainly around the north, and a lot of those fish came from Kemrida, Humberside mm. Fisheries. And a lot of those fish came from Croatia. Mm. So well, Kev stocked Ashley Pole. 
Kev's oh, that's a true blue, true blue historic, historic out British yeah, water. Kev's got pictures of the fish going in there at twenty-eight pounds. Yeah, they yeah. came from Holland. Yeah, Kev's put them in the history of carp fishing, but nobody looks at it. No. If you catch a dark black old, you know, fish from from Ashley Port, oh, it's one of the English fish. Oh, amazing fish! But yeah, it's to me, you go fishing for what you enjoy, and you know, there's right ones and there's wrong ones. There's fish that have got more credibility. And doesn't in the olden days it used to be based on weight, yeah. and a fifty pounder was better than a forty pounder. But then when the overseas fish came in at fifty, they're not as good as the English fifty pounders. There's fish that have definitely got more credibility than others. But if somebody's holding a fifty pounder and it's from overseas and they're happy, mm. be happy for them. We used to get that at carp talk when yeah. a young lad came in, sending his fish from Darrant, forty pound. I've just had this amazing fish from Darrant at forty pounds. And then you'd get, you know, like, oh, chili, that yeah. fish doesn't count, boy. What? You can't say that to someone. You can't say that to a young lad. You're just going to destroy him. Yeah. How long have those fish been in Darrenth now? A long time. So, yeah, you know, yeah. they've, been, they, they've yeah. been in Darrenth for 25 years now anyway. It's all changed. It has all changed a lot now. But it, it still goes on, though, by those older guys trying to, trying to, you know, discredit people's captures. I did with butthead, oh, it's yeah. wrong and all. Yeah, but we've got pictures of, of butthead at 20 pounds. Yeah. Have you got a picture of the Burfield Common at 20 pounds? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's horses for courses. You fish for what you want, as yeah. long as it makes you happy. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's how fishing well, should be, mate. Long may that rain as well. Mate, we're out of time. Mm -hmm. That has been an absolute pleasure you to too, have you dude. in. Yeah, uh, I am seeing you for a couple of years. So. No, no. Well, yeah. we'll see a bit more of each other now. We'll definitely yeah. get out and do a few yeah, bits and bobs. Yeah. We'll be filming. <laughs> You're on my show. Yeah. We will, people. We definitely will. Look, thank you ever so much for listening and watching, if you're watching it too. There's plenty more where this came from. We've got some great guests lined up. You've been listening to The Outcast from Outlaw Pro. Thanks for listening to The Outcast, the podcast from Outlaw Pro, the ultimate angling experience. Remember to follow us on social media for updates and information on future guests. See you next time.